0: Holy Father in heaven, thank you Lord for giving us the grace to see another day. Lord, we ask that as we have seen this day that you will grant to us the gift of your Spirit, that by your Spirit we shall be empowered to meet today's challenges, to meet today's duties and perform them as you would have us do it. I have no words to speak of my own that will be a blessing to anyone. Therefore, I ask, consecrate me, Lord, and put your words in my mouth, that the words spoken shall be encouragement, blessing, a source of hope to those who would listen. In Jesus' name I prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, February 12 A home God can bless For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. Genesis 18, verse 19 In God's sight, a man is just what he is in his family. The life of Abraham, the friend of God, was signalized by a strict regard for the word of the Lord. He cultivated home religion. The fear of God pervaded his household. He was the priest of his home. He looked upon his family as a sacred trust. His household numbered more than a thousand souls, and he directed them all. Parents and children to the divine sovereign. He suffered no parental oppression on the one hand or filial disobedience on the other. By the combined influence of love and justice, he ruled his household in the fear of God, and the Lord bore witness to his faithfulness. He will command his household. There will be no sinful neglect restrain the evil propensities of his children, no weak, unwise, indulgent favoritism, no yielding of his conviction of duty to the claims of mistaken affection. Abraham would not only give right instruction but he would maintain the authority of just and righteous laws. How few there are in our day who follow this example. On the part of too many parents, There is a blind and selfish sentimentalism which is manifested in leaving children with their uninformed judgment and undisciplined passions to the control of their own will. This is the worst cruelty to the youth and a great wrong to the world. Parental indulgence causes disorder in families and in society. It confirms in the young the desire to follow inclination instead of submitting to the divine requirements. Parents and children alike belong to God, to be ruled by him. By affection and authority combined, Abraham ruled his house. God's word has given us rules for our guidance. These rules form the standard from which we cannot swerve if we would keep the way of the Lord. God's will must be paramount. The question for us to ask is not, what have others done? What will my relatives think? Or what will they say of me if I pursue this course? But what has God said? Neither parent nor child can truly prosper in any course excepting in the way of the Lord. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is A Home God Can Bless So, what is this home that God can bless? You can give many descriptions of what the answer will be but I'll tell you what one answer is The home God can bless is the home that Abraham is in Not because his name is Abraham but because of what the testimony of God about Abraham is The testimony of God of Abraham is what we have as our key text for today Genesis chapter 18 verse 19 for I know him that he will command his children and his household after him and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment wow oh that the Lord could say I know him about me And wouldn't you like the Lord to say the same about you? But it comes with effort. The Lord wouldn't give you the well done if you don't do the things that will make him tell you well done. Abraham stands as a beacon for us. For all of us to examine the man's life and just admire him. The Lord said about him, I know him. Yes, the Lord knows all of us, but what does he know? about Abraham, here is what he said that he will command his house to do justice and judgment. Not just command them with his words but he will command them after him. That means he is going to show them an example and the example is the force of his authority when he speaks because he is going to be telling them something that he is practicing which they can see for themselves. If you recall, Abraham had herdsmen, he had servants, he had souls that he had won from Babylon that moved with him on this journey over to Canaan so the household of Abraham were numbered in the thousands if you remember what we read in the book of uh, in Genesis chapter 15 where there was that war where Abraham went to rescue Lot if you recall what happened there we are told that Abraham took men grown in his house not just servants people that grew up with him 300 above 300 of them to go for that rescue mission of the people that were captured from Sodom. So he had a lot of people that were under him and Abraham ruled over these people. They were over a thousand and God could say about Abraham, I know him. We need to come to that position and this devotion specifically would be talking about fathers. Fathers... Men in general, we need to be training ourselves to be like Abraham. We need to come to a position where the Lord can say about us, I know him. You know, God can say, I know you. But then when he tells you what he knows about you, that's when you can either rejoice or you tremble. When you read the book of Revelation chapter 2 and 3, God talking about the people in different times after the Christ, during the Christian era, he would always say, I know thy works. Concerning Laodicea, he said, I know thy works. Thou art neither hot nor cold. You are lukewarm, wretched, miserable, poor, blind, naked. Concerning others, he said, I know you that you look as if you are alive, but you are dead. Another one, he says, I know your works, that you hate the deed of the Nicolaitans, but I have something against you. You see, the Lord knows every one of us. But what does he know? The devotion for today is for us to begin to learn what it means to be a father. Abraham was a father and a ruler of a people and the Lord could say, I know him. But now let us look at what Abraham did that made the Lord to say, I know he will command his household after him. One of the things we read in our devotion is that Abraham had strict regard for the Word of God. That is the first thing. Strict, not a lousy regard for the Word of the Lord. And how do we know the difference between a strict regard and a lousy regard for the Word of God? Do you see yourself looking at some Bible passage and thinking that some is relevant and some is not relevant? You don't have a strict regard for the Word of God. Then again, do you see yourself... Sometimes making excuses for why you need to go against a thought saith the Lord, maybe just sometimes, not all the time, then you don't have a strict regard for the word of the Lord. A strict regard for the word of the Lord is having conscientious scruples that you do not go against even the least commandment of the Lord, no matter how small it looks to you. And that's what Abraham was, strict regard. He wouldn't make excuses to transport himself on the Sabbath. He wouldn't make excuses for why he's cooking or polishing his shoe on the Sabbath. Abraham wouldn't make excuses for why he missed his devotion in the morning. Abraham would make excuses for why it is not necessary for his children to dress properly in the home. Abraham had a strict regard and I can go on and on. There's nothing in the Word of God where Abraham will say, Oh, this one is a little matter and this one is a great matter and I'll focus on that which is major and then leave the ones that are minor. Strict regard is strict regard. Would you want the Lord to say, I know you, that you will command your household after you? Then have a strict regard for the word of the Lord. Have you taken note that the people whom the Lord loves are those that are diligently seeking to serve him? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that Diligently seek him. That is, diligently keep his commandments. If you don't understand what it means when it says that diligently seek him, that is, that diligently keep his commandments. That is what that thing means. The Lord rewards such people. Enoch was like that. Noah was like that. Abraham was like that. And Daniel was like that. The Our Lord Jesus Christ was like that having a strict regard for the word of the Lord and it is that that will give the effrontery to command the household after him. Another thing we read about Abraham is that he suffered no parental oppression on the one hand or filial disobedience on the other. By the combined influence of two things love and justice he ruled his household in the fear of God and the Lord bore witness to his faithfulness. So, Here is another thing about Abraham that we should take note of and you too, try to imbibe this in your life as a father, we are to have no parental oppression, don't oppress your children or anybody under you because you are the parent. But let the word of God rule in the home, let the mother of the home and the children see that you're not having any arbitrary control over them. Let them know that you are only holding the office of the Father in the place of God and that you're not giving them any different rule from that which the Lord has already given. You need to know your Bible in order for you to do this. If not, you will not be able to explain to your child when the child asks you, Daddy, why are you telling me to do this or do that? And when you don't have a scriptural backing for what you you are doing, you seem you now begin to look like, you, you 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 have no backbone, you have no foundation for your beliefs, but when you can tell your wife and tell your children, thus saith the Lord, then you can command them and there will be no parental oppression and you will combine love and justice. How can we combine love and justice? The only way I know how to do that is by looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. When you look at the way the Lord treats people, you will see love and justice forbearance and justice also you will see that there are times even when you are giving justice you have to give it in love you don't allow any indulgences or people to just get away with things that are wrong but even when you are correcting and when you are um, reprimanding it will be done no in love you know sometimes i see parents correct their children shouting at them annoyed i understand the frustration I know that sometimes we can lose our cool because the child can really frustrate, but under the control of the Holy Spirit, if we keep ourselves under the control of God every time, we will not need to do that. You can't see people doing wrong and yet you are unmoved, but yet you still correct. It doesn't get you passionate, but you can give the correction, not in annoyance, but in cheerfulness and restrict in cheerfulness, firmly but cheerful. I've tried it several times and it does work. You don't have to take it upon yourself to get offended when the child does something wrong. Have they done something wrong? Maybe the child is lousy, breaks a plate or something, does something wrong in the home that is just a mistake which they shouldn't have done. Then let them get the consequences. But while they are getting the consequences, there's no need for you staring at them in annoyance and then shouting and shouting on them even while the consequences of what they've done, they're already reaping it then you can use that opportunity instead of shouting to let them realize cause to effect. Tell them, you see why you're passing through this now? It is because this was what you did. And because you did this, this is why you are where you are now. And you can help them to come out of it. Help them to even uh, reduce the consequence on them. If they are already bearing the consequence of something they did that was wrong. You know, sometimes you see a child make a mistake and then injures themselves. There's no need for you, a parent, to add to the injury by becoming hysterical over them and shouting and all of that. Rather, that time is a time to to make them reason from cause to effect. There, you can give justice and love at the same time. Another thing we see about Abraham is that there was no sinful neglect to restrain the evil propensities of his children. No weak, unwise, indulgent favoritism no yielding of his conviction of duty to the claims of mistaken affection so there was no favoritism in abraham's home and we should learn that there should be no favoritism in our home don't let that unwise affection for the child maybe just because you you look at the child and it looks so charming or something and because of that you don't make the right decisions anymore and you begin to show partiality among your children The Lord will not tell you, I know you, that you will command your children after you when you are unwisely showing partiality and favoritism in the home. That is not justice. Let justice prevail. Do not be partial among your children so that you can have that home that God can bless. And indulgence to children is another problem. We should understand that children are not to rule the home, but rather the parents with their wiser judgment are to let them be under the control of the word of god let everyone in the family know that even the father the ruler of the home is subject to the word of god that everyone has a, a leader and that leader is god and the father is the one who will be representing being the place of god to them to make both wife and children to understand the word of god abraham combined affection and authority to rule his house Not only is he just giving stern instructions here, do this, do that, uh, go and do this, and yet he cannot just be cheerful with the people. Abraham will be cheerful with them and still tell them to do the right thing. He can sit around and talk with everyone and direct them still in the way of the Lord. He's not just going to sit down with a stern face looking at everyone, no, but rather he's going to give affection to people. Another very important point we read about Abraham is in conflict and courage, uh, our devotion for today the last paragraph says that the question for us to ask is not what have others done or what will my relatives think or what will they say of me if i pursue this course but what has god said neither parent nor child can truly prosper in any course excepting in the way of the lord end of quote This is a very important point for us, especially as we live in these last days. The decisions that fathers and mothers need to make in the family and for their children are decisions that are so radical and so out of this world that if you continue to ask what have others done, what will my relatives think or what will they say if I pursue this course, then you will not be bold enough to do what God wants you to do. Abraham will not ask these questions. He was a different person in his environment, the decisions he made in his family is not the type that was being made around him and we should have the moral courage to make decisions that may not be conventional but yet it is following what God has said. So what has God said concerning bringing up your children? What has he said concerning how you should live in the home? Concerning what you should be as a man and as a woman? a father and a mother or even the little instructions concerning the word of god are you going to be ashamed of doing what god said because of your relatives or are you going to be ashamed of doing what god said because you feel that if you pursue this course people are going to start talking about you and giving you names abraham was called a hebrew names were given to him too he crossed those who crossed the river why are you afraid of being called names the thing you need to look at is what has god said Obey what has God said. Uh, obey what God has said, and expect that His promises will be fulfilled in your life. The world is so far removed from God. Why then should we be afraid of a world that is so far removed from righteousness? Are we looking for such a world to pat us on our back and be uh, and, and approve of us? If the world approves of you, then perhaps you have a problem, because this wicked generation is so far removed from God. So it shouldn't surprise you. If you are so different from the world, fathers, where are your children supposed to be? What school are they supposed to go to? Oh, Many of them are ashamed of training their children in the home. They want to be able to tell their friends, oh my child is going to this and that school that is prestigious in the eyes of the world and they don't want to take their children to be trained in the home or go to a place where they know that it is best but yet it doesn't sound so nice in the eyes of their friends. If you are thinking of what your friends and relatives will, will, will say or what they will think and you are just checking what others have done, then what makes you different from the world? If you are asking what has others done, who are these others you are referring to? The world? Asking what the world does. The Bible says that he will, that will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. So fathers, have the moral courage to make the right decision following what god has said not what relatives think not what they would say or what others have done if you cannot have the moral courage to do this then why are you a father abraham was courageous to be different to leave his father's house it was a different thing he was doing everything abraham was doing was not conventional is it the circumcision that was not conventional it was not something everybody used to do you may look very stupid in the eyes of people for you to do that. Do you want to do God's word and not mind how people will look at you? Then you'll be a child of God. You can be that Abraham. But if you are too concerned of what my relatives will say or what what my friends will say what how they will think of me, instead of thinking of how God will think of you, then perhaps maybe you love the world so much more than you love God. All you're supposed to ask is, what will God think of me? Can he say I know him, that he will command his house after me? He will only say that if you follow what God has said. Well, if you are still thinking of what people will say, then God cannot say of you, I know him, that he will command his household after me. So, this is just some things about the life of Abraham that we can look at to understand that home that God can bless and what it means to be a father. I want to read something from Adventist Home, page 212 and downward for us to understand the role of a father in the home. It says all members of the family center in the father. He is the lawmaker, illustrating his own manly bearing the sterner virtues, energy, integrity, honesty, patience, courage, diligence and practical usefulness. The father is in one sense the priest of the household, laying upon the altar of God the morning and evening sacrifice. The wife and children should be encouraged to unite in this offering and also to engage in the song of praise. So let me just, let's let just chew on what we've read. This, what we just said now, fathers, you are not to be weak. The virtues you are supposed to confer to your children. You don't expect that your wife may be able to do it as well, as, as, as good as you do it. What are these virtues practical usefulness honesty courage the ability to meet troubles with like a horse will meet war going to meet the war without turning back the period children and the wife should be confident in the courage of their father he's not to be a whimpering cowardly person the father is to be courageous to meet troubles and deal with them another thing here is diligence integrity and energy he's not supposed to be the one that will be woken up to come for devotion and he will lousily lie down on his bed while covering himself with his blanket and then the wife will be telling him it's time for devotion and he will be mumbling, mm, is it time for devotion? no, he's supposed to have that character that is the other one's the energy another virtue which we see here is patience fathers, you're not supposed to be those who are just Impatient at every mistake of your wife or your children, immediately you, you bark and shout, Calm down. Possess yourself as a man. Possess yourself as a man. These are the characters your children are supposed to see you and say, This is my father. He's patient, he is courageous, he has that practical usefulness, he doesn't swerve when it comes to anything of integrity and honesty. He is true to duty as a needle to the pole going on it says he's the priest of the home in the devotions he is the one to be leader in those devotions gathering the children as the priests taking them to god let me continue the reading now it says morning and evening the father as priest of the household should confess to god the sins committed by himself and his children through the day those sins which have come to his knowledge and also those which are secret of which God's eye alone has taken cognizance should be confessed. This rule of action, zealously carried out by the father when he is present or by the mother when he is absent, will will result in blessings to the family. Very important, fathers. Do you pray for your children? Maybe you've not been doing it. Do it now. Maybe your child told a lie during the day and you took note of it. You saw them say something that was wrong or do something that was wrong during the day. You took note of it. You corrected them when it's time to do your own personal prayers pray for your children and help them to confess their sins do you know one who used to do that the perfect man job the bible tells us the book of job chapter 1 reading from verse 1 down to verse 4 that job would always make sacrifices and confess the sins of his children to god that is a true father confess the sins of your family your wife your children your own secret sins confess everything You see that the father is supposed to be a prayerful person. These days, we see that women are the ones who are prayerful. Men are not so prayerful. Men, we need to be prayerful. We need to take the family to the altar when they are aware and when they are not aware. We should pray more for our children. Don't feel so self-sufficient. That's the problem with men. They can do so much by themselves that many times they, they, they take so much by themselves without praying to God for help. We need to see our weakness, men, and pray to God. They rely more on God than on self. Going on in the reading, it says the Father represents the divine lawgiver in his family. He is a laborer together with God, carrying out the gracious designs of God and establishing in his children upright principles, enabling them to form pure and virtuous characters. Because he has preoccupied the soul with that which which will enable his children to render obedience not only to their earthly parent but also to their heavenly father. The father must not betray his sacred trust. He must not on any point yield up his parental authority. What a wonderful responsible position for him to hold. Sensitive it is. You make a mistake in this point and you will ruin the lives of many. Fathers, are you studying your bible? You are the lawgiver. What law are you going to give? If the law you are given in the home is not from the word of God, How many are you going to lead astray? How many are going to be destroyed by you? We will see later in our devotion of a man called Achan. His whole family were stoned to death. Why? He being the lawgiver of the home, led the whole family astray. Children, wife and himself were stoned to death. They lost their life because they connived with their father in iniquity. What law are you giving in your home? Are you teaching your children to lie? When people come to visit and you tell your child, tell them I'm not around. Or your child is hearing you receiving a phone call while you're in the house and then you are telling the person, I'm on the road, I'm on my way right now, I'm already driving, but you are not driving. Your children are seeing it. They are hearing you. They are seeing their father is a liar. They are seeing their father is a liar. You need to confess these things if you've done it. Or some children see their father committing adultery, carrying women. Mm -mm. This is not what it ought to be. If you are among those who have done this, whether in secret or in public, you need to confess your sins and be a right example so that you will give the right law to your children because whatever you are doing, that is what you are commanding them to do. Whatever you say with your words means nothing. By their fruits you shall know them. People don't know you by what you say is by what you do. So if you are a lawgiver in the home and yet you are, you are under the control of superstition, or under the control of tradition, or under the control of priestcraft, or under the control of culture, where are you going to lead your children? The Lord will not be able to say about you, I know him, that he will command his his family after me. You are going to command them after the culture of your tribe, or you will command them after your career or whatever civil behavior you have. But if you must be that father whom the Lord will say, I know him, that he will command his household after himself to do justice. Then the law giver of the home must be subject to the law of God, because he needs to give the law to the people. Fathers, you are lawgivers; therefore know your Bibles. Going on in the reading, Adventist Home Page two thirteen, paragraph two, this time says what his influence will be in the home will be determined by his knowledge of the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. When I was a child, Paul says, I speak as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child but when I became a man I put away childish things. The father is to stand at the head of his family not as an overgrown undisciplined boy but as a man with manly character and with his passions controlled. He is to obtain an education in correct morals. His conduct in his home life is to be directed and restrained by the pure principles of the Word of God. Then he will grow up to the full stature of a man in Christ Jesus. Fathers, you heard it now. You're not supposed to be like a boy in the home. You're not supposed to be like an overgrown baby where everybody is doing everything for you and then you are behaving like a child though. You can't do anything for yourself. Fathers, realize that you are not to be like that and like I've said earlier as we just read now he is to know God and again he is to submit to the will of God like we have already taken note of in page 213 paragraph 3 he says never never are you to show a tyrannical spirit in the home The man who does this is working in partnership with satanic agencies. Bring your will into submission to the will of God. Do all in your power to make the life of your wife pleasant and happy. Take the word of God as the man of your counsel. In the home, leave out the teachings of the word of God. Then you will leave them out in the church and will take them with you to your place of business the principles of heaven will ennoble all your transactions angels of god will cooperate with you helping you to reveal christ to the world i've already talked about this before how the father is to have the word of god as his counselor in everything let it be his guide reading on it says he must exercise authority with humility and we've just seen no tyrannical rule in whom it is no evidence of manliness in the husband for him to dwell constantly upon his position as the head of the family. So you don't go around telling your wife, do you know that I'm the head of this house? And telling your children, do you know that I'm your father? Do you know that I'm the head of the home? You don't need to do that. You are the head already. If you are the head, it's been to be clear if you are doing what is right that you are the head. Going on, It says it does not increase respect for him to so hear him quoting scripture to sustain his claims to authority. It will not make him more manly to require his wife, the mother of his children, to act upon his plans as if they were infallible. The Lord has constituted the husband, the head of the wife, to be her protector. He is to be the houseband of the family, binding the members together, even as Christ is the head of the church and the savior of the mystical body. Let every husband who claims to love God carefully study the requirements of God in his position fathers did you get that do you know the requirements of god i i see many fathers making mistakes they allow their children to go on in ways that the word of god condemns some of their children are dressed like harlots and they don't even know what the lord lord condemns in the dressing of their children or they're dressed like the world very ragged and rough and they let it be is that what it means to be a man whom the lord will say he will command his household after me Are you commanding the household after the culture of the world? Dressing like the world, eating like the world, going where the world goes, enjoying the pleasures of the world? Is that what you're commanding your household after? Or are you studying the Bible to find out thoughts said the Lord and after finding it out, you ensure that it is established in your home? Fathers, you have a responsibility and the Lord will ask you to give an account of what, of how you have perform this responsibility. Let every husband who claims to love God carefully study the requirements of God in his position. Christ's authority is exercised in wisdom, in all kindness and gentleness. So let a husband exercise his power and imitate the great head of the church. End of quote. So if a father must rule, he must study how Jesus rules. He must study how Jesus guides and have the same spirit of Christ and use that spirit to rule and guide his family. There's so much more to say, but it's left for you to go and have your personal study. We all need to go and study for ourselves. We all need to go and study for ourselves to know the requirements of God in this position of being a father and guiding the home and having a home the Lord can bless because we are commanding our family after God. May the God of heaven give us the ability to understand his word that we may be people whom he will say of that they will command the household after him. Let us pray. Dear loving Father in heaven, I commit unto your care. The families today, they are single mothers, they are fathers. They are playing the role of fathers in their home. And Then we have many fathers in the world. Some are listening right now. and I commit them all unto your care. And even they will-be fathers, Please, Lord, give us the grace to submit to your word and to do your will and to walk in the way of righteousness and truth, doing what is right and well pleasing in your sight. Lord, we have made mistakes in the past. We have led our children astray. We have not been priests as we should be. Some of us have been tyrannical in the home. Others have been lax, showing favoritism in the home. And very indulgent not interested in prayer not interested in devotion we have led the family astray please father forgive us have mercy and forgive us and help us lord to take upon us this work that we ought to do now and to command the household after you to know what you want us to do and do it to have those characters those manly characters and exemplify them before the children and before the wife There might be wives now whose husbands are not like this and they are not interested. I pray, Father, for such people that you will touch their husbands too, that by the godliness and the conversation, godly conversation of the wives, that your spirit shall touch their husbands, that shall touch their souls, that they may be transformed and take upon themselves the responsibility that they are supposed to be performing in the home. Should it not be so, I pray, strengthen such women that they will take the role of the fathers in the home and command the household after you, O Lord. And their single mothers too. Help them to do the same thing. Strengthen them to guide their children. Command them after you. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. Thank you for answering. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen.